Hey there. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. My name is Lewis and I'm a millennial. Last episode, I talked about Keynesian economics and Austrian economics. In this episode, I will really begin talking about what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is closely related to Austrian economics. It is similar to gold because of this. To create an ounce of gold, new gold must be mined and extracted from the earth. This mining operation requires effort and work. Therefore, we can be sure that the newly extracted gold has value. That is because it requires some difficulty to extract that ounce of gold. Now, Bitcoin works the same way. To create a new Bitcoin, electricity and computation work must be expended. That is called Bitcoin mining. It is, it is extremely difficult to create a new Bitcoin, so you cannot simply print Bitcoin out of thin air. So now that we know clo- Bitcoin is closely related to Austrian economics and could be considered a real good, we can now begin exploring how Bitcoin works. The Bitcoin network consists of many computers around the world hashing away at solving a very difficult mathematical problem. This means that electricity power is consumed by the network of computers to attempt to solve this math problem. The computers participating in this process are called Bitcoin miners. Every time the math problem is solved, there will be 25 Bitcoin granted to that particular computer that solved the problem. However, this 25 number will be reduced by half gradually as time progresses until the total number of Bitcoin in circulation reaches 21 million. After 21 million Bitcoin is reached, it is impossible to issue new Bitcoin. So the supply is capped at 21 million. This effectively makes Bitcoin much more scarce than gold. On top of the newly issued Bitcoin that the computer will will receive, this computer will also receive the transaction fee reward from the wallet that initiated the transaction. So for example, if I were to send you 100 Bitcoin, I would be required to set, say, one Bitcoin fee in order for for these Bitcoin miners to take up this transaction and hash away to solve the math problem. Once solved, the successful Bitcoin miner will receive the 25 Bitcoin plus the one Bitcoin fee that I have initiated. This way, once the 21 million supply cap is reached, Bitcoin miners will still be incentivized to continue the mining operations for getting these transaction fees. Now, about the math problem itself, it is designed in a way such that the more computers there are in the network, the more difficult that math problem will be. So if there are 100 computers participating in the mining process, the math problem will be easier than if there are 1,000 computers participating in the process. This makes it, this is to make it so that the 25 Bitcoin will remain the same regardless of how many Bitcoins, of how many computers there are within the network. So we now have finished describing the general structure of the Bitcoin mining process. You may hear from a lot of places about the word blockchain. Blockchain is the underlying technology behind Bitcoin. 
and it closely relates to the Bitcoin mining process. When a math problem is solved by a miner, a block is created in the Bitcoin network. This block contains the transactions that were solved. For example, if I send one Bitcoin to you and this transaction math problem is solved, then this transaction will be fully stored in a block. When a new transaction is solved, then this will create the next block, and so on and so on. However, this is oversimplification because each block also contains multiple transactions. But the idea is that the more blocks there are in front of that block that contains your transaction, the more secure your transaction is. This is because to attempt to reverse your transaction in the network, it would be necessary to undo all the work done that were needed to create all those blocks that are in front of the block with your transaction. Okay, so now we know what blockchain is. So what is special about the Bitcoin mining process and the blockchain? Well, these two elements create a fully decentralized payment system where the blockchain becomes the ledger containing transactions in each block within the chain. And these are secured with cryptography. And that cryptography is done by the Bitcoin miners by hashing away at the math problems. Therefore, there is no need to trust a third party because the third party is the fully decentralized network of computers under the rules of game theory. It is game theory because the math problem that is needed to solve will always guarantee that the output remains the same no matter how much hash power a person buys. So an increase in hash power will only increase the chance of that person solving the math problem, but it will never be able to increase the actual Bitcoin reward. Since it is game theory, there is no incentive for any person on the network to cheat the system because that will not be in their present or future state's self-interest. This solves the problem where, for example, if you held assets in Lehman Brothers before the financial crisis, then now you would have lost all of those assets. And that was because you trusted Lehman Brothers to not mismanage your assets. But since the Bitcoin network is game theory, there is no incentive for any participants to mismanage or cheat the system. Therefore, you can understand that the system is trustworthy. It also solves the problem of the, depreci the depreciation of the purchasing power of the medium of exchange. As discussed in the first episode of the series, if you held onto your fiat currency, then your fiat currency would have depreciated in value due to a rapid increase in fiat currency supply by governments printing them out of thin air. With Bitcoin, although it is still currently possible to issue new Bitcoin, it is much more difficult to do so since it requires the mining process. And in the long term, the supply is capped at 21 million. And since the fiat currencies are under Keynesian economics, fiat currencies in the long term are doomed to face hyperinflation unless the governments decide to default on the debt but a default on the debt will create social panic because the, exist the existing purchasing power of existing currencies in circulation will simply vanish. So Bitcoin is the opposite. 
that means in the long term, it is a deflationary asset because of its inherent supply cap. So that pretty much sums up what Bitcoin is about. There might be a lot of things that I have not covered, for example, the Lightning Network. However, since this series does not concentrate too much on the technical, I will simply stop here for this section. In the next section, I will really begin linking how Bitcoin relates to the mythological and the Bible. I will be doing this via psychology. However, since, like, please note that I will really begin getting into your mind beginning from the next episode, so uh, should be prepared. And I will see you next time.